What's up, Mom Spaghetti listeners? I featured Cameo Club's two hits, Take Me and Never Forget You, in last week's episode, Let's Kick It, and the hook of Take Me is playing underneath me now. Cameo Club is a duo out of the Bay Area, and I got to sit down with Dylan, who makes up one half of Cameo Club. I snuck some of Dylan's comments from this full interview into the episode last week. If you're looking for more from Cameo Club, Dylan said they'll be releasing new music this summer. Until then, take me and never forget you are holding me over, and perhaps this interview will get you as excited as I am for the new music. All right, we're live, and I'm here with Dylan from Cameo Club. He is half of Cameo Club. We're missing Henry today, but Dylan, welcome to the Mom Spaghetti Podcast, and thanks for doing the interview. Thank you. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Before we get started onto any of the music or anything like that, my first question was, how did you meet up with Henry, and how did you guys get started together? So actually, it's funny because we grew up only about two, three blocks away from each other. So we're basically neighbors, but we weren't really friends until high school and then we happened to be on the same high school golf team and then my sophomore year of high school after a year of kind of knowing Henry playing golf with him he reached out to me about music because he heard that I played the guitar I mean he was primarily a uh, vocalist and pianist but he, he started playing guitar as well and he was looking to start a band and so I was like sure I'd love to like jam sometime and I remember the first time we got together just to jam just to kind of feel things out see if that would be a good fit we just immediately clicked and we had the same musical taste. At that time, we had a passion for alternative. So we were into like John Mayer and Sticky Fingers. They're an Australian band. The Strokes. The Strokes are like a garage rock band from like the 2000s. And so we just, we hit it off. We were just jamming for, it could have been like two, three hours the first time we got together. And then that was history. We've been talking ever since and making music. Cool. So where are you guys from? We're from the Bay Area. So we're about 30 minutes south of San Francisco. We're actually in the same town as Stanford University, Palo Alto, California. Great. And you're now in Boston. Is Henry in Boston as well? Or do you guys share music over the internet? So we both live in Boston, but we're still about uh, 20 minutes from each other. So we work remotely a lot of the time, but we get together at least once a week, usually. Okay. So I know you mentioned that you are a guitarist and then that Henry does a lot of vocals and things like that. So one of the things I was curious about when I was listening to the two songs that are already up on Spotify, how do you guys divide and conquer the tracks? Do you guys write the songs together? Does one of you more write melodies and one writes lyrics? Or is it just kind of different and varies from song to song? So it definitely varies from song to song. But as we're refining the process more recently, it's most fun for us to just get together and start from scratch and write something completely new. As we're getting better at songwriting and production, that's becoming more possible because we kind of have more ideas about, oh, we want to write this type of song so we know we can lay this down immediately. And so that's the most fun for us when we can get together and bounce ideas off of each other right away. That being said, there's definitely some songs where I've made a beat or Henry's made a beat and just sent me like the bare bones of it and said, hey, do something with this. And then we send stuff back and forth, which is cool in, in today's age that you can do that. I think our best ideas definitely come when we're together, because like you said, Henry's a singer. I'm primarily a guitarist. I do some singing as well. It's hard for me to write a song remotely, and I don't know if it's going to resonate with Henry's range and his voice and the way he sings it. So if we're together, we have that stuff immediately, and I think that's the most efficient way. Yeah, it's really cool when you develop a chemistry with someone that you're writing music with. So when you guys write songs, do you build it from the ground up usually? I know you mentioned that there's beats that you guys make first. 
I mean, you both produce, it sounds like. Yes, we do. Do you start with the beat or are there some times where you think to yourself, wow, I have this riff or this melody in my head. It's really cool. I want to do something with that. And then you work your way down to the beat. Honestly, all the above. Sometimes when I'm, honestly, when I'm working on one song, maybe I'll have this beat that I'm like, oh, this would be great for a new song. And then sometimes it starts like that with the production. But usually for me, it starts with just a guitar and a melody. And like you said, sometimes you'll be like, oh, I hear this melody over these chords or whatever. That's usually where it starts for me. Because then I have the most freedom as a producer to do whatever with it. Because all it is is the bare bones of a song, the chords and a melody. And I think that's the most fun and makes the most sense because then you just have so much freedom the direction you can take the production because oftentimes when you start with just the production or just a beat you get caught up in the production of it and sometimes you lose the essence of the song and I think it's best to start with the song in its essence and then go into the production and decide exactly how you want the production to sound after the fact right and that makes sense so when did you start to get into production because it sounds like you were a guitarist first and then probably just taught yourself over time how to produce yeah, I'm glad you asked. Yeah, Henry and I actually played some live gigs all through high school and weren't really into production, but it was around my junior, senior year of high school when EDM started really blasting into the pop scene with artists like Disclosure. I think their biggest hit that blew them up was like Latch. That was like the first real EDM song I remember that blew up and then Flume started getting into the pop scene. So we fell in love with the pop EDM sound that was coming out and we're like, we need to learn how to produce. And so I think it was my senior year of high school, Henry a year older than me. He had already graduated, but we started working on learning Ableton together, which was kind of helpful because we were able to kind of learn together and bounce ideas off of each other. So that was about three years ago. So we've been producing for about three years. That's how we really got into production. When the whole EDM boom hit, we were like, wow, we need to bring some of the electronic elements to kind of liven up the alternative rock roots that we have. And ultimately, that's our goal is to try to fuse the two sounds together in something brand new. It is kind of crazy to me how I feel like that alternative genre, it's not dead, but it's just transformed so much. And I completely agree you're saying that the EDM has such an influence in it now. I think artists like you were mentioning Disclosure and Flume, and then the fact that they are starting to team up with people like Justin Bieber and stuff like that. I mean, exactly. All those sounds fusing together. I say this on the podcast all the time. I wonder what genre is this song? Because it just seems like there are <laughs> there are no genres anymore. It's just yeah, it's it's pretty vague. Yeah, even R and B now is like electronic and pop. Every genre nowadays is vague, but the way Henry and I would describe it is ultimately at its roots, it's alternative, but we just are trying to bring the beachy EDM that we love to enhance it electronically. So I'd say it's alternative EDM. That's how we categorize it. The new stuff we have coming out soon is going to hopefully refine our sound. So those beach EDM vibes you're talking about, are you a Kygo guy? Oh, I am. I love Kygo. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hard to do that type of music, though, now without sounding exactly like Kygo. <laughs> yes, I agree. So. Speaking of the alternative and the beach EDM genre, I was just listening to, do you know the I See Fire by Ed Sheeran, the Kygo remix of that song? I actually don't know if I'm, I probably would recognize it if I heard it, but yeah, sorry, I guess I'm not familiar with it. No, no problem. It's one of Kygo's first songs, and the reason I brought it up, 
I do the weekly podcast, but I'm working on a special episode where it's all songs that aren't on the streaming platforms. So it's like the best of my iTunes, basically. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. And so that was the one I was listening to today. Going off the genre question, there was one part in Never Forget You. It's at the very beginning of the song. It opens with what I like to call synth guitar. And I'll play that intro right now for the listeners. Is that you playing? Is that just electric guitar or do you guys manipulate the sound? Yeah. Like, so that's that, one of my favorite sounds out right now. And basically any song that has it, I'll listen to it again. I'm so glad because we definitely have more of those guitar riffs in our future. Yeah. So that's actually just an electric guitar. Actually, I think Henry recorded that one and it was just like a plucked kind of riff with some hammer-ons and pull-offs. But then the key is getting a really good reverb on it. So it has kind of a tail. And then after that, you put on this plugin called Shaper Box. I love that plugin. And it basically is like a, it's called a side chain where it basically gives it that wavy kind of moving sound to the beat. That's our favorite thing to do with guitars is put a reverb and a side chain on it. Gives it that movement. And you're right, it makes it sound kind of like a synth and it's very electronic, but I think that's the brilliance of Cameo Club, hopefully, is that we're going to try to fuse our electronic uh, with our alternative guitar roots. Yeah, I think it's great. And it really does, like I said, seem to be the way the genre or maybe overall industry is heading. Do you know Elenium? Oh, yeah, I love Elenium. Yeah, I think when I hear that sound, it reminds me a lot of some of the stuff that he produces. Completely, with yeah. With that reverb and the shaper box and side chain, if I'm getting my terminology right. You are, you <laughs> are, indeed. That leads into my next question, which is, there are a lot of people out there, both on the EDM side and the alternative side. Do you guys have, or even just you, Dylan, do you have someone in mind who you think like, oh, I would love to collab with that person and love to feature them on a song or have them reach out to us and try and work together or maybe even a few artists in that category? Yeah, there's definitely a few. Names that come to mind immediately would be Snake Hips, their production duo. They have some of the coolest production I've ever heard. And also I've seen them live. They put on a great show. I saw them in a theater and the whole theater was just dancing the whole time. And honestly, like yeah if there's anything that we want to do it's we want to make people dance and groove and to bring that energy i know collaborating with snake hips would bring that energy but as far as singers that we might want to feature i think the weekend would be insane i think that would fit perfectly also shaned harnett she's sang on some of snake hips songs she just has the most beautiful voice so those would be some cool singers to put some top lines on her songs yeah, definitely. And I feel like The weekend. I mean, his voice is really distinct, but I hear at least when Henry's singing in some of the songs like that falsetto. So I definitely feel like if The weekend was on some of your production, it would be great. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think we could definitely use his falsetto. <laughs> yeah. Also, the way his production usually goes is it's kind of darker and grungier. And I really like that about him. I think we haven't really tapped quite into that sound yet. But I think if we collaborated with The Weeknd, we could tap into that kind of grungier side of, of what we can do as well. Yeah. So as far as the two songs that are on Spotify right now, are there any others that I should know about that are under different names or these are the two? These are the two under the Cameo Club project. We just started the Cameo Club project about a year ago. We're just really trying to refine that sound. Henry and I have released other music under different names before, but these are the two you should know about. And we have more coming out. This month, we have another song coming out. Not going to give it away yet, but then we have probably two more singles coming out over the summer as well. Okay, excellent. Well, I'll definitely keep an eye out for those. 
As far as Take Me and Never Forget You are concerned, was there any inspiration behind those songs? I mean, they seem like they're slightly romantic. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but (laughs) from what I can discern from the lyrics, it seems like that's sort of the direction they were headed. You don't have to name drop someone if they were written about (laughs) someone in particular. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, actually, Take Me, the inspiration for the song was more of a vibe than it was about any one person. And we wrote this song over the summer and it was inspired by summer festival music. I had just attended Outside Lands, like the music festival in San Francisco, and I laid down these chords in Ableton. I started singing some melody ideas over the chords, and how this song idea started was actually with the vocal chop that you hear in the intro and over the drops. And it was just a total like summer style vocal chop vibe. And I showed it to Henry and he immediately was hooked. And we're like, oh, we can turn this into like an EDM summer vibe song. So that's kind of what we started with. And then we got together and wrote lyrics. And at that point, we had to kind of draw on some experiences that we've had to kind of go in a direction lyrically. The song's about basically a girl who broke things off with you for another guy, but you know she's still into you. (laughs) You're still all alone in your driveway, like you're showing up in your driveway. The guy's relentless because he knows that she's still into him. So that's kind of the vibe that we were going for, and it's kind of the desperation, and you can hopefully can hear that in Henry's voice. So that's what that song is about. But it's funny because we didn't start with lyrics on that one. We started that song as we were inspired by by summer festival music, and then it turned into that. Well, I can see that because I sometimes describe songs as whether or not they have a bite, and I really feel like the bite on Take Me is the chopping of the vocals in the hook that you're talking about. It almost sounds to me, I don't really know if it's the right way to describe it, but mentally I have this image of almost like picking up the sound and putting it back down. I don't know if that makes sense. I love that. Yeah, that's kind of the the feel of a vocal chop. Yeah. And I definitely heard what you're talking about as far as the lyrics and the message. And I wrote down, you don't have to tell me which, if it was you or Henry, came up with the lyrics. But my favorite line in the song was, because if I lived my life on time I borrowed, well, I would spend it all on you tomorrow. Exactly. I don't know why it just struck a chord with me. So I felt like I definitely got the vibe that you were going for. And it also, you were talking about, even at the beginning, the fire in her eyes. And you can see it from across the room. So kudos to you guys for making the vibe come to life on Take Me. Completely, yeah. It's that desperation, that fire. And then I know that Never Forget You is the more recent one that came out in March. So is it a similar story behind that? Not as far as the message, because it seems like the hook is saying, if we went home together tonight, I promise I'll never forget you. Yep. So that one we wrote all in one sitting pretty much, and we almost laid down all the production in one sitting. And yeah, we basically started with that hook. If you take me home, I'll never forget you. It's like, actually, I guess the lyric that would be more relevant in that song would be, I know you just want to stay out where the good girls hide and out of my life. I know I can only promise if you take me home, I'll never forget you. So we started with that idea. The girl is always, I guess, not really playing hard to get, but she's not outspokenly trying to spend a lot of time with you. And you're just basically saying, look, I know you're into me. If we go home tonight, I'll never forget you. So that's what that song was based around. As far as that song comparing to Take Me, I think we went for a chiller vibe. And I don't know, it seems like the fans aren't digging the chill vibe quite as much. So I think in the future, we're probably going to go for more dancey hype music in the future. 
that's the kind of music we like to make. And I think what Never Forget You, we wrote it in the winter. And at the time, we were both listening to a lot more chiller music. But I think Henry and I both love dance music and want to put on a good show. So I think you can expect a little bit more upbeat music in the future than from Never Forget You. Okay, sounds good. I mean, I said I like both. I think I would agree. I lean a little bit more towards Take Me. That hook really is the bite that I was talking about. But I do love what I am still going to call the synth guitar. Yeah. I don't know if I need to say the shaper box and sidechain every single time. (laughs) No, you're good. So you said you were listening to some chiller music when you wrote Never Forget You. And I know that Take Me was giving off a festival vibe. And that was part of the inspiration for that. So I know you had the passion for John Mayer and that Disclosure and Flume coming out five, six years ago has been some of the starting inspiration. I was curious if in the past six to 12 months, there have been other influences and other artists that you and Henry are listening to a lot of the time just to get some inspiration, but also just because that's the music that you're into. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So recently, I've actually been listening to a lot of Zed and I just think his last four album true colors every time i listen through it's just it's like production candy to me i listen to it i'm like oh my gosh like the whole idea of the vocoder that's being used right now on almost every pop song well he does it the best but he's the guy who really started that whole vocoder movement like in the song the middle he started it with uh stay stay a minute instead yeah Yeah, that whole vocoder so that was him wait before you go any further i don't know if i know what vocoder is and i also doubt my listeners do so can you explain that maybe in layman's terms for those of us who aren't quite sure what that means completely sorry about that no no problem i mean this is why i do what i do and i think it's great and this is why the listeners enjoy listening to the interviews because they feel like they're learning something too yeah definitely so that's the sound It's that Daft Punk sound of when the vocal is acting like a synth and it sounds kind of like gritty. It almost sounds like a talk box. Okay, so I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it it almost sounds like... It's like a robotic replication of the voice, and he usually layers it underneath the vocals, right? Exactly. That was was well said. Well, I know exactly what you're talking about because, believe it or not, this was like episode one or two. What was the most recent Zed song? Whatever Uh, it was. Ooh, 365, I think, but I don't know if it has it. Oh, no, 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 not not the Katy Perry one. I forgot about that one. But regardless, I featured one of the Zed songs, I think. Or if it wasn't the Zed song, it was some other song that used a vocoder. And I said, this is becoming extremely popular in the EDM and pop movement. So keep an ear out for it. So it's funny that you Uh, you caught the trend. Oh, yeah. I love the vocoder. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. And the reason why I brought it up is because, yeah, Zed was the guy who started it. And he's amazing. He, he started that whole trend. Okay, so are you going to vocode, if I can verbify that, <laughs> some of Henry's and maybe even your voice on some of the future tracks? I think you, you just might hear that sound. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And also, we've listened to Medicine, who's an up-and-coming producer, and for other reasons. But he's brilliant at what he does. His last album, Irene, is a, is definitely a favorite of ours in the last year or so. So between Zed and Medicine, we've got some good production ideas. I don't know if I know Medicine. He's definitely more of a producer's artist in that some of his stuff is pretty funky. So I guess the average pop listener wouldn't necessarily know him, but he's got some cool stuff for sure. Okay. So Zed and Medicine are some of the artists you've been listening to a lot. 
I know that you mentioned a few other tracks that you guys are working on. Are you working on pulling them all together into some kind of EP or project or maybe even a full album at some point? Or are you trying to work through singles and you'll figure it out as you go along? So an album is definitely in our future. That's definitely a goal of ours. But right now, I think it just makes more sense to be releasing some more singles. Because like I said, we're still trying to refine our sound. And we want to make sure that when we put out an album, it's something that we're going to resonate with completely and that our fans are going to resonate with completely. So I think it's good that we put out two kind of contrasting, I mean, they're coherent, but two contrasting singles to see what people were responding to. Because now we're going to kind of take that and run with that into a couple more singles. And I think after a couple more singles this summer, we're going to really be able to get an idea from our fans what direction we should take the album in that'll resonate with the most people. So I think a few singles and then hopefully next fall you'll hear an EP or an album somewhere between probably six to eight songs. Oh, great. I'm already looking forward to it. I was thinking back and I realized it wasn't a Zed song where I was talking about the vocoder. It was in episode two. So we're going back to the very beginning. Mm -hmm. That was when the Chainsmokers had just dropped the song Hope, which is one of their more recent ones. Oh, yeah. And they layer that vocoder in there. And I was talking about that. And I even in the episode put in some of the middle, which is what you're talking about, and put that in there so that the listeners could hear the robotic undertone, I guess, if you want to call it that. Yeah, that's funny. I was listening to Hope just yesterday. I love the way they use that vocoder. I think it's brilliant. Love that sound. Yeah, the Chainsmokers are really killing it right now. They are. Mm -hmm. I think it's them and Zed. Those are the top two right now. Yeah, they are. They're killing it. You know, I do follow EDM, but I don't really know. It seems like pop stars and rappers, they're more of the ones who are given these huge personalities. And it almost feels like we know them and interact with them. In the DJ scene and in the EDM scene, do you feel like they're personalities as well and that you sort of know the artist? Or do you think most of it's a little bit more hidden since they're, I guess, like behind the desk more so? I think you're right. I think I think it's a little more more hidden, which can be cool with an artist like, I don't know if you've heard of Zhu, Z-H-U. Yep. He's a DJ that's really blasted onto the scene the last couple of years. I think it's kind of cool that his identity is not fully disclosed. That's kind of his thing. And other artists like Marshmello use, you know, the helmet and keep their real identity obscure. But he's actually, I would argue, is more kind of upfront and has the pop brand to him. I think it is, your identity is more obscure as a DJ. That being said, I think that's the reason why Henry and I, when we perform, we're going to perform, we're going to play guitars live and sing live and have that live element because we don't want to be, you know, just a guy behind the desk without an identity. We want to be a band and we want to show that to people. And so I think we're going to take it more that direction. I think that'll be really cool. Are there, I'm trying to think if there are any artists out there right now that do that, at least at their live shows. Yeah, I've heard, I haven't seen them, but I need to see them. Rufus Dussol does that live and there are two people but they bring a full band. Um, The singer sings live and they do everything live and they have a live drummer and everything. And another one, actually, my favorite show I've ever been to was Empire of the Sun. Yep. Yeah, they play all the guitars live, sing live, and they don't DJ, that's the thing, but they definitely have stuff that's pre-programmed playing behind them. They just strike me as brilliant performers. 
they created an atmosphere with the whole light show and the way they dress. And I thought that was a great way to kind of bridge the gap between live band with electronic music. So I think that's a great way to do it. Where did you see Empire of the Sun? I saw them at Outside Lance Music Festival. Oh, okay. About a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Got it. And that was part of the inspiration for Take Me? Actually, I believe it was. Yeah. Cool. You know, I'm trying to think and I just feel like it would be really cool to attend a show where they almost made a song in front of you, like took the guitar riff live and then just put it through and made the song. I mean, of course, it could be it could have been done beforehand, but I still think that would be a really cool element to a show to almost feel like you're part of making the song. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. And I think more and more concert goers today are looking for that live connection. Like Ed Sheeran, for example, you know, he loops the guitars and then sings over it. People love that. Have you seen him live or no? I have not. Okay. But I've watched many, many YouTube videos <laughs> of him doing his loop pedal performance. And people really like that. They like to be a part of the creation of the sound and see the evolution of the song and all the elements in it. So I think you're right. I think that's something that people should be tapping into today in the live performance. My friend went to Coachella last month and he saw Childish Gambino. He said that the Childish Gambino show was incredible. And a lot of the reason was because the audience felt so involved and he was really doing a good job of keeping the attention of the audience, but also making it slightly interactive. The first interview I did for the podcast, he actually said that to your Empire of the Sun, his favorite live show was Childish Gambino. So when my friend came back from Coachella and told me that, I said, it's all coming together now. Yeah. I think people today are really just screaming for that live, like they feel a part of the performance because with the emergence of DJs, I think people lost that kind of intimacy with uh, connection with the artist in live performance because they're just kind of sitting behind there, you know, doing their thing, which is not easy. I can confess DJing is not easy. They're good at what they do. That being said, when you don't have an instrument, you're not singing or playing live. I think people really lost that. So when I was at Outside Lands this past summer, there was a DJ who, her name's Elohim. Oh, I know her. She sang. She did a song with Quinn 92, I think. Yeah, she did. Yeah. And she did a few songs with Weathan, who's a good DJ as well. Yep, I know yeah, Weathan. I have a lot of respect for her because she sings and DJs her own stuff and she sings while she does it. And the people who I attended the festival with immediately were like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. She's singing and DJing. And it's kind of funny because we're numbed down to think like, oh my gosh, someone's actually singing on stage <laughs> because with all this new electronic music. But I think people are just screaming for that, that element of it and really connecting with artists. So I think that's something that Henry and I are definitely going to bring to the table. Cool. I think that'll be a great addition to the show. And looping back to one of the questions I was asking was about the personas of the DJs. And part of the reason I asked that was because I wanted to hear, at least from you, you know, you don't have to speak for Henry, but do you, Dylan, have a role model as far as artists go that you kind of want to emulate? Yeah, I have a lot of role models. I don't know if there's one that would have the image that I would want, because I think every artist should have their own unique image. But actually, my biggest role model is Zach Brown of Zach Brown Band, which is funny because he's a country artist and I'm here talking about, you know, alternative and electronic music. But actually, I had the pleasure of talking to the guy who signed him and he just said Zach Brown is the most humble guy. And I've looked into it and he I've seen him live as well. And he just is so down to earth. The way he became famous is just playing his way up, playing bars and playing the music that he loves. And he never changed. He's still the same guy that he was 
15 years ago, just playing his guitar, <laughs> drinking beer, you know, having a good time. And he gives back and I want to stay authentic. I don't want to sell out. And if things were ever really to blow up, I don't think I would change much. And I, that's what I really respect about Zach Brown. Yeah, I think that's part of the American dream, right, is to get the fame without the change. <laughs> it's like, yeah. bring my friends with me. Exactly. Make all this money. Don't become an ass and all that stuff. Completely. I, I just know some people, I guess, are better at handling it than others. And don't say if, man. Say when. Oh, no, completely. It's just a matter of time, man. With all this stuff, you know, it's just cultivating our sound. And I believe in the next few months, it's going to happen. Yeah. I wanted to find out what's next for you. I mean, aside from the singles that you're working on and trying to leak out probably over two or three months over the course of the summer, and then maybe putting together an EP, are you guys going to start touring? Fans who are really intrigued by the sound that you and Henry are putting together, what should they be expecting and what can they look forward to? Yeah, so like I alluded to, we're definitely dropping a single this month, in the month of May, and then you can expect another single over the course of the summer. We're going to see how our fans respond to that and then base an album or an EP off of that. And that'll be probably six to eight songs sometime in the fall or the winter of next year, or I guess at the end of this year. As far as next steps, this summer, Henry and I are really going to start the whole live performance aspect of what we want to do. Because Cameo Club, at the end of the day, is a band, and we are rooted in live performance, and that's what we love to do. So we're going to set up a rig this summer and try to play some shows around the San Francisco area, where we're based, with live guitars, live singing. But then also, we have a rig that allows us to do the program synths and the 808 and drums that'll enhance our live performance as well. And we'll do some DJing as well and mix that in. So we're going to try to play a lot of shows this summer and try to connect with fans that way. So I think that's the plan. Cool. Well, you have a fan here. Don't <laughs> hesitate to reach out and find out what I'm thinking of songs. And you know I'm going to feature these two on the podcast next week. So I'll see if I get any feedback from the listeners. Love it. When you're talking about live shows, I had a question come to mind. Do you guys do covers? Is that something that you guys enjoy doing? Or do you try and stick to your own sound for the most part? We do. We started out playing almost exclusively covers. And and I think what people who are going to see us live are going to see when we do covers is we definitely put our own flair on the covers. We have an arrangement oftentimes where I'm playing electric guitar and Henry's playing acoustic guitar and we turn a simple guitar song into like a groovy plucked riff or something. So there's some stuff we do with our guitars that interplay that definitely make them unique to who we are. But we love playing cover songs and bringing that to the table as well when we play live. Do you have a favorite song to cover that you just love doing live? We do, and it's Neon by John Mayer. Because it's if you guys listen to that song or any listeners who have heard that song before, do you hear that pluck riff at the beginning? That's totally our style. And so we definitely draw a lot from that song. Okay. This leads into my next question. If you don't have an answer off the top of your head, no worries. But I saw a tweet a few days ago, and this is a question that I already had in my mind, but it was just interesting to scroll through the responses. I'm curious if you have what you think is the best cover of all time, other than you and Henry playing Neon. The best cover of all time if i have it or if i've seen one no just there are a lot of versions out there online whether they're on youtube or on spotify or apple music or if it's someone who no one's ever heard of and you just saw them at a bar or something i'd be interested to hear that too but i mean i have my own personal answer for this but i'm always curious to hear what people think is their favorite or best cover oh okay for a second i thought you're asking one that i've done no no no, no but no. you're asking for my favorite cover yes like by far better I, than the original 
just so different but so much better i really like there's a cover that shoot i I actually completely am blanking on the guy's name there's a cover of the song one by u2 that a guy does acoustic that is just brilliant that i love but i blanked on his name i can get back to you on that yeah that's the one that comes to mind okay cool and my answer is the john mayer cover of free fallen so when you said the john oh that's what i should have said yeah of course that song's brilliant oh i mean originally original version is great too but i don't know there's just something about his voice and his guitar it just feels so much more emotional completely i think the general public and everyone almost everyone else would agree with you on that one that's the <laughs> song that got me into john mayer so oh really mm-hmm. oh wow i think i was in middle school maybe when room for squares came out so right. body is a wonderland like i was growing up when all that stuff came out right and that's a nice segue into the last question i have for you i hope you came prepared with this one The question, and I always feature this at the end of the episode where your interview gets spliced in after the music cuts. This is like a little prequel if people are interested to hear what you say and they think that that might resonate with them and then they go and listen to the full interview. So the premise is that someone close to you has given you as a gift a vinyl record player, like a really nice one. And they've also given you enough cash to purchase the first five vinyl records of your collection. So with that cash what are the first five albums or vinyl records that you're going to go purchase dylan from cameo club so number one is most definitely that's the way of the world by earth wind fire i grew up listening to 70s music 70s disco and that album is so brilliant just the use of horns strings the whole production and it's beautiful but it makes you want to dance yeah i can't say enough about that i love earth wind fire Number two, going to be Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. Again, that's my soft spot for 70s music, and Stevie Wonder is a brilliant human being. Number three would be Graduation by Kanye West, because I was growing up in, I must have been in middle school when that dropped, and God, I had that album on repeat. Four would be Continuum by John Mayer. I think that's John Mayer's best album. Oh, and a man after my own heart. That's in Yeah, my, there we go. That one is, whenever I answer the question, I say I have two albums that there is no rotation. The other three depends on the day or week you ask me, but the two that there is no room for movement is Continuum and Dark Fantasy from Kanye. Mm, Yeah, I could have chose any Kanye record for sure, but I just had to go with Graduation because that one has sentimental value for me. Yeah, so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You just said Continuum and I got so excited. (laughs) No worries. Yeah, it's worth getting excited over. So that was number four. Mm -hmm. Number five comes in at number five because it's more obscure. Mayor Hawthorne, Where Does This Door Go? He's not quite as well known, but he's kind of got a John Mayer flair to him as well. I mean, he does a lot of falsetto. Actually, a lot of his main vocals are in falsetto. And so Henry and I draw from his style a lot. And he had Pharrell produce a couple songs for him. So he's a genius. I recommend checking that one out. Where Does This Door Go by Mayor Hawthorne. Okay, I'll definitely check it out. I was going to ask... I don't know if you saw, but on the SoundCloud page where the podcast is hosted, I have the banner and I just created almost like a stitch of a bunch of albums that have been really special. So I have Continuum on there and then I also have Graduation on there. So I was going to ask you as a spinoff question, if you can name a favorite track from Graduation. Yeah, mine's Flashing Lights. I love that one. I think the sample they used was brilliant. 
that synth line always just makes me want to dance. I love it. I love it too. And this, I think, is a nice way to bring things full circle. So I was talking about the songs that aren't on Spotify, and there's only one Kanye song I'm including on that special episode, and Mm. it's from Graduation. It's bittersweet. Oh, there we go. I know. It's the Kanye and the John Mayer, and it's not on Spotify. But that, I think, has to be my favorite. That album is great, and I view that album as like the bridge for Kanye. I know a lot of people say it's 808s, but I really felt like that was where he started to digitize his sound and start to move away from just pure hip-hop. Completely. And actually, that stronger, that's that vocoder sound. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the burn and bacon, yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> the complete full circle. Yep, exactly. All right, Dylan, well, this was great. I appreciated all your answers and the conversation. Before I let you go, do you have anything else for the listeners that have checked out cameo club and are already enjoying the two songs that are out there and eagerly awaiting this may debut that's being kept so secret no just stay tuned and and get excited we're definitely excited to release this new song and i'm sure you guys will be as well all right great One more thing before I let you go, I realized, actually two more things, I lied. So one is, for any artist I feature on the podcast, I start every episode with the beat to a throwback track. And then at the end of the episode, since I drop them every Thursday, I include the throwback track as the outro. So for featuring on the podcast and doing the interview, you have earned your right to pick a throwback track one week. Whenever you have decided your throwback track, just let me know and I'll give you the shout out oh hell yeah i love it the only other thing i need from you is if you can add in just thanks for listening to the mom spaghetti podcast i'm dylan from cameo club don't forget everyone eats because that's our tagline all right here we go thanks for listening to the mom spaghetti podcast i'm dylan from cameo club everyone eats This was Dylan from Cameo Club, so make sure to check out their two singles that are already out there, Take Me and Never Forget You. Let us know which one you like more, and we can figure out the direction of Cameo Club sound together. Wonderful. I love it. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in, fans of Mom Spaghetti and Cameo Club alike. New episodes of Mom Spaghetti drop every Thursday, so I'll be back then. As for Cameo Club, we just heard from Dylan. We'll be on the lookout for new singles dropping throughout the rest of 2019. While I'm waiting, rest assured I'll be bumping Take Me and Never Forget You. I'm Keith Cohen, your host of the Mom Spaghetti Podcast. One more huge shout-out to Dylan from Cameo Club, and of course to you, the listener.